da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Back for the second week in a row here on the Mad About Movies podcast. It is all things Oceans. But this time, it's Oceans 8. In preparation for what will probably be Oceans 9 and 10, and then probably 15, 14, 17, Oceans 4, Oceans 2, uh, Oceans Ocean, and so on. Frank Ocean. Yeah. Starring Frank Ocean, the (laughs) ultimate Oceanception. Ocean Zero is just going to be a long shot of the tomb. (laughs) We'll get to that later. I thought it was very uh, cool to have the whole movie sponsored by Ocean Spray, though. Very mm, organic, yeah. you know, mm, product Underrated throughout. juice. Underrated it juice. It is. Great hey, cranberry juice. Spray guy too. Yeah. Love it. Well, the power wrong. of the cranberry is... Yeah. Good, for your, good for your kidneys, too. It mm-hmm. is. Well, all things Oceans tonight. Brian missed oh, out on our... a pro health tip for you guys. Yeah. yeah. We're always <laughs> mad about health around here. Always. Side. Hey, I know subscribe. we're not the VIP right now, but I, you guys know that Cranberry juice is the official juice of the Mad About Movies yeah. VIP lounge. Yeah, it is. And, and you can spill it on your satin. It doesn't matter because it's all red, baby. Yeah. Beautiful. Keep on rolling. You, you better be wearing satin, though, or you're promptly escorted out of the <laughs> VIP club. Shout out to the VIPs this week. Um, we talked Wally this week uh, in honor of 10 year anniversary, kind of in preparation for The Incredibles 2 dropping this weekend. More Pixar talk happening. We do, we talk travel talk in the VIP too, so uh, a little caught up on some traveling that we've been doing oh, awesome. uh, in our off time and things like that. And so, if you want to subscribe to that feed, it's madaboutmoviespodcast dot com slash VIP. So, special shout out as always to the Vipers out there. Yeah. And multiple, by the way, just a small plug: multiple Mad About Sports podcasts over the next couple of weeks. Well, oh yeah, over there in uh-huh. the VIP always. So, uh, yeah. Get on that now, all I'm saying. We can also tease um, Richard and I, as well as producer Steven, will be doing our, uh, we're waiting, waiting for the final piece of the puzzle to drop here. We're going to be doing a, a, a look back at the year of Kanye, part two. Yes. Uh, the, the, the follow-up to our year of Kanye, part, part one, slash year of OJ episode, if you guys caught that a couple years back, with producer Steven, will be happening in the VIP. And we're going to be talking about uh, some music and mad about music and things like that, which is what we do in that Always fun. VIP feed is is do different things. And uh, so experiment a little that, bit. That, yeah. If that interests you, check that out. But tonight it is all things oceans. Brian wasn't here last week in which mm. Batman Shane filled in triumphantly. Yes. Yes. And, I listened. Uh, yeah. I never listened to this show, but I listened last week because I wasn't here. Yeah. Um, I, I, you guys did a, a great, great job. Good, good talking. I'm so bummed I missed that one. I had a family deal I had to deal with, but Ocean's Eleven is like, I I think I've probably seen Ocean's Eleven more times than any movie besides Star Wars. Like it's just the most rewatchable movie to me. I love that trilogy. I'm with just a quick recap. I'm with Richard on Ocean's Twelve is better than Ocean's Thirteen. Um, that's a very uncommon opinion that Richard and I now share. I think I think Ocean's Thirteen is cleaner than it Ocean's. Is. It's oh, way that's safer. Why, yeah, it's safer. It feels more like Ocean's Eleven, so I think that's part of the deal. But just as 
as a movie, I think Ocean's Twelve is better and is um is a lot of fun. Um, trying to think what other I I'm with you guys on on uh, on uh, Topher Grace. I think he is a major O'Malley and should be an AT. His career just didn't go the right way. But I I think he has two of the top five funniest lines in that whole series. Like all Reds kills me. I think that's <laughs> so funny still however many years later and the the Kabbalah thing that you yeah. mentioned mm-hmm. isn't that's an all-time throwaway line that i think is <laughs> well especially hilarious. funny when like half of the that 70s show cast was super into Kabbalah at that moment yeah, so absolutely. it made it so yeah. funny because yeah. it's kind of a dig at them and just perfect <laughs> Almost like yeah, Kabbalah crap doesn't yeah. screw man i love her but i do think and i, I love batman shane but Ocean's 13 over Ocean's 11 it's, is almost as yeah. indefensible as Batman v <laughs> Superman is a good movie. Like, I, I heard that and I nearly had a wreck. I just was like, what do, what do you mean? What are you talking about? What would, you, what would be worse if you were to say Ocean's 12 is better than Ocean's 11? Or if any of them are better there's, than Ocean's there's 11? No, there's no better yeah. than Ocean's 11. There's none yeah. of them are better than Ocean's 11. Like, okay, Ocean's right. 11 is The other things can be debated. But yeah, it, totally. Yeah, twelve versus thirteen. I totally get it. You want to throw eight in that conversation? Great. I mean, not <laughs> to spoil what we're about to say, whatever. But it, the the conversation begins after Ocean's Eleven. Like it's yeah. Ocean's Eleven's number one. Where do we go from there? Like yeah, oh, you're talking shame. about the Sinatra version, right? Uh, mm. Obviously, a rat pack, right? Yeah, yeah. Class. It's uh, that's an interesting take. That is an interesting take. Yeah, that's why, I ba- did hear that's why that Batman option. Shane gets paid the big big bucks, you know, for those hot movie opinions that he mm-hmm. comes. Hey guys, laying in and, there. and this, I have some. So I talked to Batman uh, Shane. Uh, I was out. In, I was out in L.A. briefly last week. Didn't get to see Shane, but but uh, but talked to him, and uh, I got some intel that uh, apparently the buzz on Aquaman is pretty good. Just FYI, it's going to be good. I'm kidding. Yeah. That's what uh, Shane says every time. <laughs> every time. We love him. He has said that for every DC movie. That is true. Hey, this time it's different, guys. I wish I wish I could go into things. The article with his comes optimism. out three weeks. It's like three weeks to the day before the DC movie comes out. There's an article <laughs> that comes out on some. You know, yeah. it gets picked yeah. up by Hollywood Report. Yeah, yeah, but Rowan Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, it's somewhere one of those, and it's like no, nope, the audience people are enjoying it. And I fell for it the first time. There again. Yeah. Executives there. who have a lot at stake in this are enjoying it at this moment yeah. when it's seven months from release. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out the kids from the guys who made it think it's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, one other housekeeping uh, note to uh, mention before we talk a little movie news is uh, we're back on Spotify. We you know we had some people. Lost us on Spotify over the past month. I wasn't aware that we had that large of our, uh, that big a portion of our audience listen to us by Spotify. But uh, if you do, uh, you can again. And if you didn't yet, uh, you can now. So if you want to listen to us on Spotify, that option is now available. Just search Mad About Movies or go to our website and there's a link there for you. And uh, so that's another way to consume the show. Um, so I had no idea. I had no idea that so many people listened on Spotify. Yeah. It was for the last like three weeks. I feel like 12 times a day we were getting texts or tweets or emails or whatever. Hey, where's, where's Spotify? We, we changed our server and everything seemed to be fine. And 
we didn't know that that feed had gone down. We didn't really submit it. I think Spotify just picked up the, you know, the feed from a directory whenever they launched their podcast section and that server that it was on ended up going down and long story short, we're back. And so subscribe over there if you want to. Uh, that's, um, the preferred method for a lot of people. So do that. Um, I want to talk a few of these trailers that have dropped over the past month, two months. <laughs> We're starting to get into the Oscar season trailer drop time of the year. And uh, there's a few that I want to mention here. Are there any that you guys have seen that uh, pop out that you want to talk about first? Because I've got a list of about five or six here that I can hit, but I want to uh, hear what you guys think. I know Richard uh, texted us about one. You want to mention that one? bring that to the that this was richard's most anticipated of mm-hmm. 2018 maybe it was that was yeah. interesting star is born looks awesome fired yeah. up by that trailer that was great trailer it's gonna be looks like it's gonna be quite good uh, that's the kind of movie that could go a lot of direction but uh so far that looks pretty awesome i'm pumped for it yeah it looks like uh la la land meets crazy heart yeah that's what it reminded me of yeah absolutely um, Looks really good. Bradley Cooper directing it, starring in it. A remake of A Star is Born. This is re- really remake good. Remake of a remake of a remake. Yeah, <laughs> right. Reboots of a remake of a sequel or whatever. But uh, Lady Gaga is going to be a good, really good choice because she's an artist that is so eccentric and so often, you know, costumed. Uh, you know, uh, she has hidden behind her look for so long that this is going to be the f- people's first real glimpse at her as a person slash real artist. And this is going to be a lot of heads are going to turn in her direction for this. And I'm excited for that because she's super talented and I'm excited to see, hopefully they let her sing real and she does it in one take and things like that, you know, like uh, it's not all pre-tracked and auto-tuned out and things like that. So I'm I'm excited to see, what they do, but it looks very cinematic, artistic, the way it's shot and everything. And uh, I guess that's all you can hope for with a movie that's released in October and has this kind of uh, buzz about it. So yeah, the trailer got me really excited for it. Brian, what'd you think? Oh, that was a great trailer. Um, I saw in the theater too for the Oceans and it was awesome. The theater It was very, sound is going to be great for that one. I can already tell. Yeah. Works really well. I'm a, I'm a big sucker for, um, that type of singing, you know, I mean, I love the the singer songwriter, all country sort of thing that, that Bradley Cooper is going for there. So, and then adding in Lady Gaga. So I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great trailer. I'm very excited for that. Have movie. you ever seen the original Brian? I have, but it has been a really, really long it's time. It's good. It yeah. holds up pretty well. I saw it a couple years ago. and was kind of surprised at how Chris Christopherson's the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Babs is awesome in that part too. Totally. In that. Yeah. Yeah, that one's going to be really good. Excited for that. Um, my most anticipated was First Man, Damien Chazelle's yeah. new movie oh, about yeah. NASA and the uh, f- the journey to the moon, or supposed journey to the moon. <laughs> that episode coming to you about Mad About Conspiracies <laughs> later Flat this Earth. year. Yeah. Flat Earth fam. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Damien Chazelle's new movie, uh, starring Ryan Gosling about NASA. And I didn't, you know, when he announced this, Ryan Gosling's like, yeah, I'm doing a Neil Armstrong project. I'm like, okay, cool. Sounds great. I'm sure I'll want to see it. I didn't realize it was going to be 
to this scale and have the spin of reality essentially because mm-hmm. you know for the president to go up there and say we're going to go to the moon by x date you know and for what them as a uh, you know nasa they thought was pretty much an impossibility <laughs> to make that happen. I'm excited for for that journey. You know, that's what made Apollo 13 so great is the scene with Ed Harris, you know, in the room. And he's like, we got this, this, and this, and we got to get people home. How do we do it? You know, the very, when the reality strikes, what do you do in terms of how do you get things done? And I'm excited for that spin on it. I didn't know what he was going to, what direction he was going to go, but I really like the direction he's going here. And, Mm -hmm. um, it looks way bigger than I expected. I thought it would be way more scaled down, if that makes sense, because most of his movies, you know, La La Land was big, but it was still kind of felt small in a way. And, uh, of course, Whiplash is is a very small-feeling film, Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, movies that he's written, like 10 Cloverfield Lane, very small, isolated. Uh, This this excites me to see him on this scale. What did you guys think? I thought it was a great trailer, and I'm... Extremely excited about the movie. Have been pretty, like you know, like I'm I'm all in on pretty much anything that the Gaz is going to do, and then and I love Damien Chazelle as well. So um, I don't love biopics, as anyone who listens to the show knows. But that's if you're going to do a biopic, I think that's the way to do it. It just looks like the scope and the scale of it are going to be awesome, and maybe go a little further than what you traditionally get with a biopic, and just explore a little more in depth or, or maybe even maybe the, the opposite of that really is to kind of take a broader look at the entire thing that's happening more so than just here's this man. That's, that's typically when I get bogged down by uh, biopics is, is that kind of treatment, but man, that trailer's awesome. Uh, Richard, what'd you think? It's uh yeah, it's super intense. It looks kind of a modern Apollo 13 with the, the drama through it where, Hey, look, we know how this ends, but you're still going to put me through the ringer getting there. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of like the people themselves went through. So I, I think it looks it, agreed. I, I thought it would be way kind of smaller and a personal look at, at Neil Armstrong, who's someone that, uh, we may, we don't really know. I'm someone we know of, but, uh, you know, character wise, I don't think, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, quite a lot of, I don't know, debate controversy about the dynamic between him and Buzz Aldrin and the entire crew. And, Everyone that just kind of experienced that, I don't know if they'll touch on that at all, but that's just another avenue that they could go down that could be potentially pretty interesting uh, cinematically. But yeah, I mean, I have all the hopes in the world, and what I love about the trailer is that it avoids the cliche of, that's one small step for man, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Every, yes, so. like, if this was Michael Bay, you know that it would end with that. <laughs> uh <laughs> And with, yeah. and, but then you find out how the Transformers were actually the ones that right. got us to and the then the, he goes to the dark side of the moon and then there they are right there right. in the back and it's weird actually that sounds pretty sick let's yeah. do that instead. they already did actually um, yeah high hopes for that so that man for that and A Star is Born I, I would say Richard and I I'm still backing up my most anticipated I'm not willing to back down uh, sometimes a trailer can scare me off from a movie but uh, not in these cases at all but um, for sure Anything you're anticipating, Brian, that's come out? I know... Uh... Yours was Dark Crimes, the Jim Carrey movie. That was your most anticipated, right? <laughs> yeah, that didn't turn out well for me. Just really shouldn't have bet on that. This was, that was, last week was a huge week for trailers. I wrote something on the blog on Friday morning 
just with tenor because it felt like it felt like every hour last week a new trailer was dropping. Um, I loved those two. Did you guys see the trailer for Bad Times at El El Royale, the uh, Drew Goddard movie with uh, yeah. Pam and Hemsworth and all that? I think that looks awesome. Looks pretty That's good. It really cool vibe for that. I hope it's it's um, something different and original and not just trying to be this extremely stylized Oscar-y, Beatty kind of movie. You know, that's sure. that's sure. that's what you fear with those types of things. But it looks great. The trailer, the cast looks awesome. Um, I think the, the title, Bad Times at El Royale, is awful. I would have done Midnight at El Royale or something better. <laughs> Bad Times. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't like that. I think that's cheesy. Um, maybe it makes sense in the movie. We'll see. But uh, yeah, the trailer was great. It's another one. I saw this one in the theater, too, for... Ocean's Eight as well, and played really well on the big screen, and was my first real glimpse of it and what it could be, and I, I I'm excited for it. I hadn't really heard of it, honestly. I knew Drew Goddard was up to something, but I didn't know it was yeah. this. And um, it it could go a lot of directions, man. You didn't know what was going to go on with Cabin in the Woods, right? Until mm-hmm, it went mm-hmm. on, and this is a a filmmaker to look out for, and somebody who I wanted to be involved in Star Wars in some way or hopefully can be in some way, but um excited to see him go down a Oscar-y type road side project yeah. kind of a thing. I'm excited sure. to see what that could, uh, that could sure. bring. It looks like Hemsworth going is going bad too, which I think will be interesting. I haven't really seen him do that much. It'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, the other one that caught me, like there's a bunch of kids ones too, Lego movie and Wreck-It Ralph and How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, I did see the Wreck-It Ralph one. We need to talk about yeah. that. Yeah, it was uh, good. it's interesting. I did not uh, expect yeah. the meta turn on that. Yeah, somewhat. is it record? Is it is it basically just Ready Player One for kids now? It's like we're just gonna mm-hmm. throw every yeah. piece of pop culture at you, and that's gonna be the movie. Uh, I didn't see it, Brian. I saw your comment about how meta yeah. it was. Explain it to me. They like they go. So the whole thing is they go into the internet. Um, for what, you know, what, I don't know what the, the setup will be for that, but they go down a, an ethernet portal, you know, yeah. and they're like, Oh, there's Google. Oh, it's like the emoji there's movie. Amazon. Kind of like that. And they, they go to Disney world, essentially like the internet version of Disney world. And at some point, Vanellope is in a dressing room of all Disney princesses. And their whole bit is like, I'm a princess too. And it's like every Disney princess of the last 30 years is all in one room. It's just a, it was. I mean, it was. It was interesting. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't out on it, but it was not the tone that I was expecting. I guess it's it was basically a, Disney saying, "Here's what properties we have, and here's how we're going to use them." And you know, it's got Star Wars. It's going to have Marvel. It's going to have everything that they can do. And uh, I think it'll be fun. Uh, I, I thought, you know, I liked Regga Ralph, but it's not one that I think about ever. It's not one that I. I've put on again. I don't have a kid, obviously. If I did, it'd probably be one of the top ones I would choose over a lot of movies. But uh, I'm excited to see where this could go. I mean, but it could, it could reek of emoji movie. I, I hate to use that, yeah, but it's just I, like I, trying it, it, to be relevant. Yeah. And yeah. we have we apps. Remember apps, guys, and and like all, some jokes that like these movies take so long to animate that won't be funny three years later. You know, like I don't know. Sometimes that happens yeah. with these. Uh, no, I agree. You know, the, uh, what are those in Black Panther? It's like, that was four years ago, guys. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, sometimes it'd be a little too on the nose, but 
I, it worked with Rick and Ralph, man. It worked. Yeah. It definitely worked. And mm-hmm. one, one I want to mention is, um, I don't know if this interests you guys at all. Did you guys see this trailer for, um, I don't know if it's a reboot, remake, sequel, uh, the Halloween? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, Jamie that Curtis came out like back. that. Literally came. I I published this dumb trailer piece on the on the website, and then checked Twitter, and that trailer had come out. I was like, "Dad, gum it!" Like just one minute earlier, and I would have been. But um, yeah, I did. It's is it, I don't. <laughs> I, you're right. I guess it's a sequel, like a final sequel. Yeah, thing? it's a final. Okay. It's like, yeah, I think dude, Jamie Lee's back did you see stuff. the trailer? I did, yeah. So, yeah. that's so good in the trailer. Uh, the I guess the entire premise of the movie, right, is, uh, you know, Michael Myers has been in an insane asylum this entire time, and he gets out on parole or whatever, I don't know, or for questioning, and <laughs> cut to Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, gray-headed, long-haired Jamie Lee Curtis, saying, I've been waiting four years for him to get out. And they're like, why is that? And she's like, so I can kill him. And then she goes, with a shotgun. It's like, oh, (laughs) snap. Dude, this could be really fun. If, you know, I know Danny McBride, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green did this. They wrote it together. This could be really fun. Or it could be a complete abomination of a, (laughs) a almost a parody of Halloween. But this at all captures the tone of the original and does it in a respectful way. This could be that. a really fu- a big money maker for Halloween time too. Um, a, a really fun, scary movie for this year could. Uh, could I, I know there's a lot of adults that will go see this because they remember the original and saw it in the theaters and would want to see that again and experience that again. So, and mm-hmm. I know Jake Gyllenhaal's involved somehow as well. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there, but could be a really fun one to look out for. So definitely a trailer. That's uh, it's worth checking out for the for the Mam Fam out there tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of other movie news notes that we probably need to hit sooner rather than later. Uh, Avengers cross two billion. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. I think it's the f- fourth movie to do that. Um, so you know, like we're saying about time something goes right for disney and marvel and star wars and and everything plucky Um, upstarts getting success like that just makes me so happy makes me feel like we can do we can do anything guys i love it i love it it's so inspiring and uh you know avengers 4 is coming out you know gonna be less than a year since avengers infinity war so that'll probably make even more right because the the way infinity war ends so that's a note worth noting. Also, Al Pacino has joined Tarantino's Charles Manson project. So if there's people out there that have been waiting for Tarantino okay. to do an Al Pacino <laughs> movie, like, no, Quentin Tarantino didn't direct Scarface, but everyone probably thinks he did, right? Uh, this is kind of maybe be that pipe dream, that dorm room pipe dream for a lot of people. And uh, we'll see what Al Pacino can do at age 95 or whatever he is now. Um, but yeah, that Tarantino movie is just stacking up. I know James Marsden just signed on as well. Yeah. Brad Pitt and Leo, I think, uh, confirmed, um, 
who is it? Is it uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie in it? I think yeah. too. Yeah, Margot Robbie, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, um, Emil Hirsch. Maybe not the greatest choice, but I think otherwise, he, he, he probably thought he was casting Taylor Kitsch or something. You know? <laughs> like, give me the guy yeah. from uh, uh, John Carter or like Emil Hirsch. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> okay, no. Um, I always get them confused. That was the joke. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> th- you, you guys will Dylan McDermott. I think you mean Richard. It's all right. Is that not what it's I said? Who you mean? It's, yeah, I know who you said, I, but I, you mean. I think I said that. You I didn't say, which was I'll look it up on David Duchovny. Um, surprisingly, oh, very confusing. I even IMDb <laughs> broke. Just a I question broke. mark. Crap. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Dermot Weird. Dermot McDillon <laughs> is out there somewhere too. He's involved somehow. Um, believe it or not, if I ever tr- make it as an actor guy, when my stage name is going to be Dermot McDillon. <laughs> <laughs> It's already taken. He's out there. Uh, I hadn't uh, seen the trailer for Spiders, Girl with the Spider's Web. Is this a sequel to Dragon Tattoo in some way? Yes. It is, it is the... I, I don't know exactly how the timeline works, and that's a big question that I would have as to A, why they're making that movie, and B, the way that they're making that movie, but that book... I believe, Rich, you may know better than I do, but the book was written, it's like the the posthumous, uh, somebody takes yeah. over the characters, like the Robert Ludlum thing yeah. or whatever. Um, so this is so one of those? Yeah, I believe so. Did they make the other two? No. Okay. There's jumping ahead? Yeah, because that Fincher one did not do well, and then he... Then they have, I know they have it. the other two. In the Swedish ones, yeah. Swedish first, so or, this or is like... Ice, yeah. So this is a... This, from from what I understand, this movie is based on the fourth or fifth book, which he didn't, Steve Larson did not write. It's a, I don't know, maybe there's a manuscript, but I think it was one of those, we're going to take the characters and write a story with them or whatever, and the estate gave them the blessing and everything, but I, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Like, I think that's a tough sell. Like, it doesn't, I didn't like that trailer. I feel like that, we kind of had our chance with that, we gave that franchise its chance with freaking david fincher and i it didn't really work and i don't i don't know i it just seemed odd that the the whole phrasing of that trailer is like witness the rebirth of a legend and i'm mm-hmm. sitting there thinking like i don't think anyone cares about this anymore i don't i don't uh, that's gonna I don't that's got flop written all over it in my opinion yeah. especially with yeah, the overabundance of claire foy this year yeah she's great but that's gonna be lost in the claire foy shuffle of the year um <laughs> yeah. Hope maybe I'm wrong. Maybe right. I will be. Maybe I'll be wrong about Mamma Mia too. Here we go again. Which I can't see enough <laughs> of that trailer. I mean, just keep it coming. You know, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan looks so happy to be involved He's in that. Super checked he? in. Super checked in. <laughs> I, I kind of want to review that one because that oh, one's gonna. God. I don't know. If I that, need that one to do well for my stupid fantasy team. It'll do I, well. ABBA is huge in like Europe. It'll no. do huge in Europe. Ugh. Yeah, it makes me feel gross. Mamma mia! <laughs> oh man! Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think it's time to bring in our guest and to talk. There's a place off Ocean Avenue where I used to sit and talk with you. 
So we are joined by our guest now, Stephen, a Mad About Movies Viper, who has been invited to come up on stage four over here and join us for this episode. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. It's great to be here. It's um, it's a long time coming, Stephen, and uh, we want to ask you a few questions just to get to know you. Uh, you know the drill. Have you seen Now You See Me, and what are your thoughts on it? I have seen Now You See Me. Um, I probably liked it more than is acceptable. Mm, so, okay. Oh, <laughs> we got Strike a backup one. guest Strike on line one. three. Yeah. <laughs> Next caller. No. Um, what well, what's your favorite movie? What's my my favorite movie? Yeah. Um, probably something like Jurassic Park. I do oh, love okay. Jurassic Park. There you go. Yeah. Now we're back on. Now okay. yeah yeah you you <laughs> okay. strike negated. You get you get positive. You get gold star. For Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right. Kind of T-ball situation. It is. Set it back up there and let you hit again. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it fell off the tee and we're putting it right back up there. Potential for an inside the park home run today. Hopefully. Right. Right. Okay. Seven errors on one play, but yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Well, we uh, tried to get a woman on, but uh, all women in our lives hate us, so we could not... <laughs> um here we are um so apologies in advance for any quote that's not coming from a woman from here on out i fully realize that's the situation just up front um steven is joining us tonight uh, for oceans talk but steven what are your thoughts on oceans as a trilogy is it something you want to revisit are you glad they stopped making them do you like the Oceans series at all what are your thoughts uh i i have loved the ocean series um since I, I never saw the original original but oceans 11 and oceans 12 and oceans 13 um i really enjoyed oceans 11 and oceans 13 mainly but even oceans 12 i enjoyed as well so it's it's a franchise that i've uh enjoyed watching and honestly enjoyed watching over and over again um netflix i've been i've been burning through them here recently on netflix as well so, yeah, I I love the Oceans movies. Yeah, incredibly rewatchable. I think we mentioned that in our episode, our throwback last week, that uh, feels like these are on every other week, but I always find myself watching them because of how fun they are, just at random intervals of the movie, you know, out of context or whatever. They're really a lot of fun on the revisit. So, uh, good stuff. Well, um, I want to kick things off with general thoughts on Oceans 8 um, and give Brian the first word. Tonight, since he missed out on Ocean's Talk last week, um, refresh us on your thoughts going into this, what you had hoped for it, Brian, and um, were you let down? Um, well, I, I love these movies. I, again, I said in the, the first segment, Ocean's Eleven is just is top quality, one of my top 20 favorite movies of all time, and, and so, so rewatchable. I think 12 and 13 are a blast as well. Um, there, I love a heist. I love a con. I love the, um, those movies, what they have just that kind of, I don't know, suaveness. Is that a word? I don't know. The swag. The, uh, I think it's swag, the term sure, they're using. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, the, the way that those, Steve, I think that's some of Steven Soderbergh's best work with the, 
with the camera and and the um, just the kind of the the way that he I don't know you walk all three of those movies you just immediately you're just immersed in just how cool they are and how cool all the characters are and, and a lot it's of that the is jazz it's yeah jazz music jazz, under it totally and it's 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 Soderbergh I'm surprised you guys didn't theorize by the way that Soderbergh did the uh, score for those movies because I always feel like because the guy. The guy who did the score like pretty much only does Soderbergh movies. I think. Right. Are, I think Soderbergh I, and Moby are the same person. I <laughs> I, I've never seen them in the same room at the yeah. same time. So yeah. you could be right. You're on to something there. He Very could be doing well soundtracks of his own. Yeah, that's what Moby's been up to I, all these years I mean, is scoring Soderbergh movies. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, there was that big controversy when Logan Lucky came out that he had actually written it and that the person, the uh, co- uh, the credited writer was not a real person. Um, well, that happens. I, yeah, happens a lot. I think there's decent chance that he is the uh the, the at least i'm gonna run with that conspiracy that he's the composer anyway i love those movies so so much um and will happily rewatch them at any point and by the way would welcome um an oceans 14 if they ever want to go that route i think it would be a blast to keep making those films um i wanted this to be boy i was excited when it was announced i like the cast um, I think Gary Ross is Gary Ross is not going to ever, I don't think he's going to like elevate a bad movie to a good movie or a good movie to a great movie, but he is a very serviceable director. I feel like you can, you can typically just kind of count on him. He's going to make a quality film, but it will come down to what are you going to put on this, on the uh, page and, and what, what are we getting out of the actors and actresses and stuff? Um, I, 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 I liked the idea a lot and in some i don't know i like some of the execution it just for me this movie maybe more than anything else it just kind of lacks the the spirit and the energy of the first one it's it's trying like there were moments where i could kind of feel it coming along but it just never got the ball rolling i i'm not the hugest sandra bullock fan in the world but i can really appreciate some of her her better stuff I kind of feel like she was a little bit miscast. I just, it didn't. I don't know if her, I don't know if her time's up or what, but it felt. Yeah, it didn't. There was something weird about or jarring about her being in this for some yeah. reason. I don't know what it, if it's 2018 just, or if we haven't seen her in a while. Maybe that's what I don't, I don't know. know. I, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I felt like I spent most of this movie trying to talk myself into her being the Danny Ocean of this group. It just didn't. It didn't have. It didn't sing the way that that I feel like these movies need to see. And now I think I, I don't know. I guess I would say we can get past that if then once we really got into the heist and the con, if it was a really good heist. And I that's the second part to me that was kind of lacking. I don't think it's nearly as as good of a heist um, as really any of the 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 previous Ocean's movie. It just it was fine. It wasn't bad or or misguided even it just didn't have the same pop to it and it wasn't quite as i don't know so we were kind of missing some of these elements to me and it's not like they didn't know that you can it's really hard to review this one because you can tell what they're trying to go for and i i think probably people some people can buy into it my my theater was was relatively i don't think it was like a rousing success but my theater was was relatively into it I just I felt like the whole movie I was just trying to get myself um on board and I was just trying to like talk myself into 
liking it more than I really did like it ultimately. And that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer given the pedigree of uh, the franchise, given the pedigree of the actresses that are involved, and just like kind of the premise and the the ideas are good. It just the execution is is a is a little bit lacking for me. So I'm interested to see what you I haven't I literally haven't talked to anybody else about this movie. Um, so I'm I'm excited to hear what you guys have to to say about it. Richard, what uh what did you think about this movie and and how it you know kind of plays with the uh the previous trilogy? Yeah, uh, I don't think it's good as as entertaining as any of the three previous movies. I don't think it's you know the obvious comparison for like female driven um uh, remake reboot whatever uh is the Ghostbusters movie from me two years ago. It's right. far better than that. I think significantly not and, even close. and is a I would say a fine to good movie is yeah. kind of how I would say I, I had it's hard it, and there's these are the worst um, kind of movies to review on these kind of this shows like this because there's just not a whole lot to crush but there's also not a whole lot to laud and uh, so it's it's perfectly fine kind of airplane cable movie things I'm, I'm interested to see it again uh, at some point because I I there, you know, like with any kind of heist movie, um, there's there might be little things that are more fun on a second and third watch, uh, but mm-hmm. also maybe not. And there's some choices this made which were bizarre. And uh, but on the whole, it was it was it was fine and competent and all that. But but this is a world that's been uh, at best great and at worst very entertaining before. So it has it has a lot to live up to. Yeah, I, I think so, man. It's uh it's it's a and you got a name attached to it, um, you know. As much as people like to hate on where, what happened with Oceans after uh, Oceans Eleven, and uh, with Oceans Twelve and Thirteen, this uh, they expect a lot when you kind of announce mm-hmm. something like this because people have fond memories of Oceans Eleven, and um, I agree with you. I think this was a perfectly fine movie <laughs> you know there was nothing in this movie story-wise that really elevated it and that's really the all you can do once you have the ensemble cast once you have the heist once you have the music once you have the cinematography down right to match what you would mm-hmm. need for an oceans mm-hmm. movie once you have steven soderbergh as a producer to guide help guide the ship and uh you know experienced director at the helm uh, you really need something to elevate it past just a a B type of movie, and you know, just hitting all the necessary strides and hitting all the predictable notes, right? And this didn't really have that. It didn't really have a twist that you weren't expecting, like Ocean's Eleven does multiple times. It doesn't really have any kind of personal story that you care about, other than the fact that this is connected in some way to Ocean's Eleven, and it doesn't really have any performances that stick out other than, you know, all the performances to me were good, but none of them were like, Oh, that was that she was the star of the movie. Right. She stole the show. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, if anything, these actresses were underutilized in areas. Um, Agree. This is the blandest Kate Blanchett performance. I can remember. Yeah. Um, This is, I don't know if this is the character or what she was going for. She was going for this kind of cool Brad Pitt role, you know, type of character where she's just kind of wearing cool clothes and hanging out and adding cool lines here and there it's essentially or being moral support for 
essentially, you know, the Danny of this movie. And uh, it just doesn't come off. It just didn't work for me. Um, and, you know, I didn't know about Aquafina, but I'm glad I do now. I think she was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Sarah Paulson was kind of fun in this for however limited she was. And I kind of enjoyed moments of Helena Bonham Carter, which when this was announced, I was like, I'm in on everything but that because I don't know <laughs> why, how she is involved with this. But when mm-hmm. I saw what her role was and the eccentric kind of fashion designer, I think she was she was really good for that. And I just think, yeah, I think maybe the lead role needed a little more spark, a little more charisma. Like maybe if it was, I mean, she's overdone, but like Jennifer Lawrence or somebody who's got a little more unpredictability as the lead, then maybe it's a little bit even Julia Roberts. More fun. Yeah, or Julia. A, yeah. Why wasn't it Julia? Why was how was Julia not in, in a cameo in this? Yeah, totally. As Tess, you know, Tess is the one that helps him, you know, get the plot. You know, when when they, you know, I was counting them right in my notes. I was like, okay, that's one, that's two. And when they had seven, <laughs> I was like, okay, Julia is going to be the one that comes out, right? And it's like, oh yeah. Or I was hoping it wasn't going to be one of the. And I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, Clooney or something coming and and. Oh, we couldn't have done this without the help of a man. That type of thing. That and I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I didn't know what to expect, and uh, I was very surprised at what it ended up being. So there's one kind of twist in this movie, but it didn't. It wasn't really unpredictable. I guess that's my point. But mm-hmm. yeah, this was this one was another tough man. This was a very basic, down the line, hit all the safe notes. It didn't take many risks, and it didn't uh, have any big payoff either. So you kind of get what you give in terms of that. But um, Rihanna was fun, too. Good to see yeah. her in movies again. Mindy was good, too. Mindy, I, I, yeah. it was It was a weird one in that... Maybe it's not a weird one. I, I think one of the, the major underrated parts of that Oceans trilogy is the uh, the the supporting characters are so much fun and, and really well acted, and they take great advantage of every moment that they're given. Um, and then this is kind of the same, but then they have also the Clooney, Damon, Pitt, they have all kind of nailed their roles as well. And so for, for me with this one, it was like, I really enjoyed all the, all the, the side characters and the supporting actors and actresses. And then the, the leads, I just was like, I don't know. This just it felt, it felt weird. You're right. I love Kate Blanchett. I think Kate Blanchett is an absolute queen and she's fantastic. And she just, she just kind of there. She was just kind of there, and that's that's a bummer. And like I said, I, I she brought I, it in a Thor movie, and then was like, yeah, it was weird. It's, I know. I would have expected just, the opposite. Just odd. And I think I would have been great with with uh, with Sandy in a role in this movie. I just don't. I just didn't want. I don't know. I could. It was a hard sell for me. In I that role. by her in a weird way. Yeah. It was just a strange. It was it was very strange. I don't know, Stephen. We we've kind of ignored you. What what um what'd you like or or just like what what jumps out at you um from from this movie? I, I think I was probably more disappointed than anything uh, when I left the theater. It was I don't I'm not able to make it to the theater very often. This was probably the first time in a year, um, oh. and so to go to an oceans movie and have this be the oceans movie was kind of disappointing uh 
is how is how I would put it. I was really, really excited, really looking forward to it. And it was uh, like you guys have described, it was serviceable as a heist movie. It, but kind of the way what I took away from it when I walked away was that it hit all these basic notes to make it a a heist movie, and it had none of the the cleverness or the chemistry um, that makes an oceans movie an oceans movie. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was it was like watching TNT on Sunday afternoon. So it, I was pretty disappointed by it. There was. There, there were some things I, I did like. I was really expecting to dislike Helena Bonham Carter, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed her character in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I enjoyed Anne Hathaway's character a lot. But yeah. then I felt like they didn't use Mindy Kaling a, a, at all to what she could have brought to it. So, um, And then I was really surprised by how much chemistry that wasn't there between Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. So it was... You know, it just felt like there was so much potential built up with all the pieces that were there, and then just none of it got utilized. So I, I was kind of disappointed in uh, in in the movie itself. But there were there were definitely some fun moments. Um, there were some times during the execution of the of the heist that you know I find I found myself able to just sit there and enjoy the movie. But uh, the whole build up to it was. You know, it's kind of like cold oatmeal. So uh, <laughs> it just yeah. wasn't wasn't very engaging. It wasn't very fun. Yeah, and it's not unusual for a great cast on paper to not work out, right? Mm, or, you sure. know, take even this happened with the Monuments Men, right? <laughs> we were lauding that movie or praising that movie when it was first announced. Like this is going to be great. Clooney at the helm. It's about World War II and art artifacts with John Goodman and Bill Murray and everybody that we love in Vault Right. And yeah. the chemistry wasn't there. The movie didn't work. It happens all the time that you know you can put a great team together on paper. It doesn't mean they're going to have great chemistry or be it, a great. It makes team. you appreciate. Yeah, it's like the, there's some. That's like the this year's Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. You know, it's like these players are all good, but they don't play well together. And it makes you appreciate a Golden State Warriors. To, you know, performance in the oceans movies. You're like, well, not mm-hmm. only are all these great players, but they, they fit perfectly together. Mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful, uh, chemistry there. And this had, you're right. Had seconds of that, but m- minutes and minutes where they didn't have that. And there's no way to know when that's going to happen. Um, and some of that's on the page and some of that's just when the camera starts rolling, there's the magic. And, and, uh, so this is certainly still an awesome cast. Uh, but, it did. It didn't have that kind of instantaneous, beautiful magic that that's you know that you know instantly when you see the first Oceans movie. Like, oh my gosh, I love Clooney, I love Pitt, but I like Clooney and Pitt. You know, mm-hmm. way more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, what did you guys think of Anne Hathaway? For me, I'm, I've soured on her so much as a person slash actress that <laughs> in this movie I couldn't tell where the the meta Anne Hathaway was or whether she was acting like meta Anne Hathaway. I am just so confused by her that I couldn't tell when I should be taking her serious or when she was playing the character or when she was not, you know, in this. So it's just, it's, this is, this movie to me is just further blurring the line of what I should think about Anne Hathaway. And uh, yeah, she is, she's a good actress. I won't deny that she's got talent, but not my thing. 
what do you guys uh what do you guys think of her here the opposite and yeah. for me Same. sorry i'll let you yeah. know like i disliked her for so long and now as she gets older i like her more and more and things kind of starting with uh i thought she was the best part of the dark knight returns or whatever i thought she was awesome that and ever since then i've like oh, this wasn't hard but yeah that's true uh <laughs> begrudgingly started to uh think she's she's really great she she was i thought good in this i thought she was dark the best knight part rises before we get emails and tweets oh, yeah. <laughs> which i'll still defend if anyone wants to come at me. um no i like uh i thought i'm i'm with richard on that i i have very disliked <laughs> Anne hathaway for a long time uh, I thought this was kind of an AT performance. It was really, I thought she was the best part of the movie. She was funny. It's fun to kind of turn it on its head that way. Like that's, that's the sort of performance that, um, that like Catherine Heigl could not pull off. And they, they're for a while there, they kind of had similar reputations just as being not particularly fun to work with, but she, I thought she was great. In this So it, she may elevate it a full grade. I thought she was, did a really good job in both, sides of that role i guess she was, she was honest, acting there's lots she was of acting. roles that katherine heigl couldn't pull off <laughs> right right including yeah. that colgate commercial she does now <laughs> totally wouldn't mysteries of laura though was that her i don't no. know what no. was the one she person of interest Debra's... or something First, yeah. there was a maybe person of interest i don't know gosh when they does. got rid of it they're like the ratings are fine but it's not <laughs> yeah we just i don't know it's not that people don't watch it. It's that. Um, so <laughs> another problem, I guess we need to head into spoilers now um, before we get further into this. So spoilers right now coming up. If you want to help hear all the heist is spoiled and all the cameos, keep listening. Um, another kind of downfall for this. And this was, I hate to compare this to the Ghostbusters movie, but the Ghostbusters movie at least went for it in terms of, um, bringing back people right to me this is just it didn't know what it wanted to do in terms of uh connecting itself to oceans uh okay we're gonna make danny ocean dead but then say he's not dead in the movie without bringing him back at any point in the movie and then but we're gonna bring back elliot gould's character (laughs) and yen and you know and that was it and then shoot a cameo with matt damon but then cut it out of the movie I was very confused and kept expecting that. I just kept waiting for this movie to embrace itself. And they bumped for, Matt Damon for time. There, they just ran. Yeah, they did. Ran, Sorry, we ran out of time. Yeah, Kimmel was behind <laughs> that. I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it. At the end, like, weren't you just waiting for Clooney to walk around the corner or something? At yes. the end of that movie, yeah. Yeah. and just be and just be and off. sit next to her and like grab a martini glass and like cheers, and then that's the end of the movie, and they don't even say well, anything, right? That would have been a great ending. And then you the open it up for all it? the oceans. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I look. I thought it was dumb. I thought it was a bad bit to kill him off to begin with. But then I just like, okay, whatever. We're moving along. You can if you want to. If that's the move, then that's fine. And if you want to even suggest, well, he might not be dead, fine, whatever. I, the, I think it's a bad move, but but it it is what it is. To end the movie on coming back and sitting down there next to his his headstone and stuff, like, and then to not pay off that bit, that's such a stupid mistake. I just don't, I don't understand the point of it. It's not a, well, you tried and it just didn't work kind of mistake. It's a, what were you thinking? Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I want to know the logic behind that choice. Either 
if you call your shot and then you just stand there and take three pitches, like I don't, I, what's what are we doing here? Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking, but it seemed disingenuous to do all that and then for it not to pay off in any way. Um, but hey, I'm not the one, I'm not the one making it. And it also seemed, you know, it actually offended me when they said the lines like. Uh, they were asking who Sandra Bullock's, who, who she was, and they were like, oh, that's Danny Ocean's sister. You know Danny Ocean, the guy who robbed the casinos. Like, the only reason she has any name is because her brother did stuff. Like, can't you mm. make it to where she is an independent woman in that sense and, like, has made it or a name for herself and what she's done and not because people are scaring her of her only because of her brother, right? I didn't like that. If you're going to go all in on this premise then you need to do that and it's it tried to straddle the line of connected but not connected but still trying to reboot it in a way kind of a thing and it just it fell apart it fell flat um in my opinion so some other stuff and you know you kind of forgive in these types of movies with the technology and just like oh rihanna has a thing that guesses every password okay you know, like those types of moments in these heist movies that you ha- kind of had to get around. I was fine yeah, with those. Does, I was all in all on that. Good. Yeah. But it yeah. was those things in terms of regarding, uh, you know, crossing it over with oceans and then the way the cast was portrayed and all that, that I, I couldn't get behind. But, but yeah, did, um, clever setup. Yeah. What's up? Did you think that I, I was really disappointed in the, I don't know how you describe the, this part of the story, but you know where there's the problem that arises, where the plan, there's that hitch that shows oh, up. The, that the might... WTF moment, right? When exactly. It, it hits the fan, if that's what you want to, like, I guess that's the term. Well, well, and even in the planning, so what I'm, where I'm getting at is the mm-hmm. little, the magnetic uh, mm-hmm. latch piece mm-hmm. for the necklace. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, okay, if that's the problem you encounter, that was just like, Oh, we're just going to call Rihanna's sister and she's going to make us one. It, yeah. it was, I, I just don't even understand why that was in there when it, what was, what was the payoff for that? What did we get from that? Other than mm-hmm. we get Rihanna's, we get to see Rihanna's sister in the movie. I, that I, I didn't understand. There was just no, at least you got to see Andy Garcia show up in oceans 13 when you have that, right. that moment when the, when the first drill breaks, like, I was just, I thought yeah. that was just so weak in the plot. It, it's it's kind of, there was a, there were other examples of that stuff. And it, this all of that stuff is, it's not the end of the world. It, you can easily overlook some of that if the movie kind of gives you a little more reason to do so. But there were times when the script, this truthfully, ha, this truly has nothing to do with the actor, the actresses and, um, and the performances up there. There just felt like there were parts of the script that, had been written by like an AI that had been designed mm-hmm. to write a heist movie, you know, it's like we set up this AI. We've only been feeding it right. heist the blind spots and the, the cameras. We got to yeah. have a, we yeah, got to exactly. have somebody overtake yeah. the cameras. We got to have, you know, disguise everybody as they come in on a cart, right. Coming in with a cart with like, right. somebody underneath right. it. Like, yeah, they need to reinvent the, the heist movie needs to be re- reinvented some somehow oceans kind of did that when they rebooted it in the you know obviously you haven't seen hurricane heist bro i i have not seen american (laughs) animals yet which i'm hearing is getting good buzz but i you know i love heists but it's hard to do them well and you know baby driver comes to mind maybe is 
kind of a different spin uh-huh. on it, but but yeah, I'm I'm all in if they can if they be done right. The scene that stuck out to me as lazy was the scene where you've got Hill and Bottom Carter with the digital glasses and she has to scan the necklace, right? And it's literally just three minutes of her looking at the necklace and you're waiting for it to go to a hundred percent. Like how cheap is that? It's like, <laughs> oh, oh no, this bomb is gonna go off in two minutes. And then the entire you get there for the entire two minute countdown, yeah. right? That's essentially what that was. I mean, it's tension, right? It's cheap tension. It's easy <laughs> yeah. to do that. Um, Hand me those glasses. No stakes at all. Yeah, yeah. The worst that's going to happen is he like shuts the case, right? And he's like, "Okay, you can't have the necklace anymore. Sorry." There's yeah. like, I don't know. It just didn't have the. Oh no, they're really going to get caught, and something bad's going to happen. It just seemed like this whole, the whole crime seemed like a petty crime. I know it's a hundred million dollar necklace or whatever, <laughs> but I feel like even if that really got lost in the real world, people would be like, "It's a necklace. It's jewelry. It's like." We've already written it off, paid paid off the taxes or whatever anyway on it, you know? It's, uh, I don't know. It, the, the stakes could have been bigger than the Met Gala, I think, for this, if you're going to um, try and bring back yeah. questions. Well, it also then- kept it isolated, but it, it also f- needed to feel bigger in a way. I don't know if that's... You can't have it both ways. I understand that. Well, but. and and then to to kind of dump the bigness on you at the very end with like, oh, by the way, we also stole all this other jewelry... I thought that was so so predictable. Was oh my gosh, strange, was a strange choice. I yeah. I just as soon as they you're like, oh, the crown jewels are here as well. I was like, they're getting stolen. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I don't know. There was no twist in here. Maybe the best twist in the movie is Anne Hathaway knew about it, you know, or could tell that they were doing it. That's the mm-hmm. real twist. But that's just. It's cheap, I guess. I mean, once yeah. she's involved, it's like, oh, well, so you knew about it? Great. We're sorry. I mean, that, you know, it's that like this cool. is over, yeah. no real effect, but. That was cool, but but you're also then having to kind of deal with 20 minutes of James Corden. And it, it that. Yeah. That, that, felt, felt very, that felt like Logan Lucky when, when Hillary yeah, Swank exactly. comes in. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it just a good, I don't know, a great heist con. That payoff needs to be slick and quick and we kind of get in we get out we you, i don't know i it just didn't well it, it's not just this movie like i said logan lucky suffered from the same thing logan lucky to for me personally is like an a plus movie until the last 25 minutes and then i'm just like i can't what are we doing here but um th- it's this is is similar on that bit i thought corden was fine i know i i i'm harsh about james corden in general typically but I thought he was relatively funny and it was an okay bit. It just took forever at the end of a movie that should not, I don't know. You shouldn't have that feeling coming off of a, of a, of a heist like that. I thought the cleverest or the, that's not a word. The most clever part (laughs) of the movie was it seemed kind of forced at first when, uh, they did the fake painting with the Banksy stuff, you know, but they needed the fact that they needed to do that to to get in with the security guy to make it seem like you know when when the security cameras were being constructed they could mess around with the security cameras without anybody noticing it or thinking it was part of the maintenance right to me that's mm-hmm. that was the most clever moment of yes. the heist was yeah. that bit with hanging a Banksy in the Met. Um, mm-hmm. and that probably was just an idea that somebody had written down like, Oh, didn't you hear Banksy did that? How can we work that in? You know, but it ended up mm-hmm. being the most, not essential, but most, um, interesting 
elements yeah. of the heist that was the least cliche in my opinion mm-hmm. i like that i like that moment um, that and the the dog uh poster thing that she sends to the weird the weird uh yeah. troll off the guy yeah. security office guy yeah that, that, was, that, that, that whole was sequence with bit. yeah trolling with like friending that guy <laughs> on facebook and doing that whole thing oh that was really oh that was really fun um let's see what else um Tinder jokes. I have that written down here, so that will age pretty well, probably. <laughs> uh, that'll be the that'll be the Shane West of Ocean's Eight. Will be Tinder. Um, what else do you guys have on this in terms of um, spoilery type stuff and twists and how the heist worked and didn't work? All of that. I liked how they split up the diamonds. Yeah, that was cool between them, so that they would have to locate each individual diamond instead of the entire necklace at the end mm-hmm. or when they uh, split it up. Um, yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah. Richard? I, I don't really have any more on, on I mean, you kind of covered all my notes on it, Kent. Um, i trying to think if there's anything, any original thoughts I had. Yeah, the, the oh, we should talk about the, uh, a little, we should go in a little more with the, the addition of some Ocean's Eleven of the original uh, cast, so you get you get Ruben and you get uh, uh, what's his name again? Yeah, the acrobat. Yen. Yen. What'd you guys think of that? Probably my least two favorite Ocean's Eleven <laughs> cast people. I mean, it, they were you. I mean, Yen at least there was some value to what he brought to the heist, um, and then Ruben was. I mean, I get it. There's a stand-in, but. If I'm ranking the Ocean's Eleven, those are definitely ten and eleven for me personally. But, you know. You've got Louis yeah. number one, right? Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, I was hoping Carl Reiner would have would have made a uh, yeah an appearance. Sub in, yeah, sub in, sub in uh, Carl Reiner, Saul. sub in uh, sub in uh, uh, Khan. <laughs> I don't know. Any, I, I think if you if you don't get Clooney, Pitt, or Damon, I don't think you do any cameos, in my opinion. If you do this, but. And yeah. Unless it's Yen, because Yen has a special skill set mm-hmm. that's like the only reason he was involved is because he was small and could backflip off of a thing four feet, yeah. right? <laughs> that was the only thing they needed him to do. Uh, I always like, I think he was, he was used well in here. I actually liked that a lot. I just wanted them to go kind of all in on that. Yeah. I just thought that would have been a great way to end it, man. Her sitting yeah. in there, pours the martini. Danny comes back around. She knew he or, was alive the yeah, whole time. Yeah. And then they or cheers. Or don't go there. Like, yeah. just, or don't, yeah, or don't have that. Gosh, It yes. seemed that yes. whole sequence of her with the, looking at the gravestone thing or whatever seemed like reshoots, didn't it? Did it not? Well, I mean, if nothing Because that's where she meets like, with Elliot Gould as well. Yeah. In terms of like, if they needed to, needed to make that connection, they could do it in one day in a studio right. and Elliot Gould shows up and shoots his two lines yeah. and that's it. And then, yeah. yeah. If nothing else, it felt like this is how we're going to end it. And then Clooney was like, nah, I got an espresso commercial to do. I'm, I'm not real interested in being involved in this or something like, or just, he was totally going to do it. And then he sold that tequila company for a billion dollars. It was like, right. I'm good. Right. Forgot that about 2 million. This. You were going to, you were going to uh, pay me for that cameo. Was, if yeah. you can get that up to about 200 million, I might, I might show up. Yeah. You guys, you guys uh, finance Suburbicon too. If I do this, no. Well, all right, it's gonna, it's gonna hang out somewhere else. Then it's, it's just a weird. I don't know. They're just 
either do it and bring him out or don't do it. Either way, I'm fine. But the the in between just feels like a pulled punch and a bad bit. There was um some insensitive remarks about Ukrainian people in this movie and about Russians, about how every person who's a Russian is a hacker. They said that in this too for, for no reason. It's like that was funny. I'm like, with it. Okay. It's like I guess I like you're it just gonna throw that out guy. there just for just for uh I don't know yeah. why they're trying to stir the plot with that, but go for it. You know, you're going to go out on a limb. Go for it, I guess. Um, yeah, man, I'm just, I don't know if I could, I guess I'll see another one of these. If they make it, I, it'll probably get a sequel because it was number one last week. Um, so get ready for that. But man, I should mention the funnest part of the movie is the opening of Sandra Bullock in the hotel, swindling all the hotel people. I thought that was very fun and clever. It's in the trailer yeah. a lot, but it's smart. And I wish the entire movie had been th- that tone, but it wasn't, it was just for the opening. Um, yeah, that's really all I got on this. I'm going to grade this one out. Uh, Steven, you got any other thoughts um, on this before we uh, hit grades? Yeah, the the only other thing that I wanted to mention, and it was I, it was probably the first thing that stood out to me in the movie was the music, and mm-hmm. or I, I don't know if it's the score or the soundtrack. I I'm confused about the difference between the two, but um, the uh, the music that was playing in the movie, I just it was. It was like they went back in time and recruited the Postal Service to write the music for the movie. I, I just <laughs> was not impressed at all. It, all this, all the music from the original Oceans trilogy, it was, you know, it, it had a... Uh, man, I'm terrible at describing music, but it, it just lacked, lacked that, uh, that kind of upbeat, mm-hmm. peppy feeling that you got from the original... And yeah. it, this opened, and it, it never locked me in. I felt like it needed to set the tone for it, and the music from the very beginning just failed to set the tone for any sort of chemistry or cleverness. Or and I, I go back to those words because I remember Shane using them uh, during the Ocean's trilogy re- recap the other day. But uh, and I thought that was a great description for what made those original movies so great. And and I just really feel like the music fell short on this one uh, when it was so good in the first three. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking about that. Um, this one definitely had it went for it more, but still wasn't there. Well, they should have just overlaid the Ocean's Eleven score as temp music and just done that and been like, you know what? It's hard to nail down this this soundtrack or this score. Let's just do what we already have and if people complain me like it was the same score and you didn't even know it you know uh yeah it is it's so crucial to the tone and to how these are received i totally agree and um so i'm gonna grade this one out at a b just down the middle b wish it was better um but it's fine totally probably see this again multiple times over the years and would way rather watch this than a lot of movies. That's for sure. Mm, sure. Uh, a lot of movies. So, so yeah. Um, B for me. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm the same. It's just a straight B. It's, it's fine. The, the stuff that works, there's some stuff that works. It's fun. It'll be fun on TNT and stuff. I hope that it bonds 
uh, a franchise. I hope that we get more of these and just with, uh, you know, maybe a better, I don't know, maybe a better director and a better script, something just to kind of rediscover the magic of what makes the, that other trilogy work. But it's more disappointing than it is, um, you know, bad, I would say for sure. So it's a, uh, it's a B. Uh, Richard, what's your grade? I'm going to go B minus a little bit lower than that. Uh, but, but very adequate, fine. And uh, if they made more of these, I would, I'd be, I would see it anyway because we do this show. But it'd be something I would eventually watch. I don't know. I like this world as silly as it is. Just like Same. I'm, I'm Same. grandfathered in from when I was 14 or something. Uh, what about you, my friend? I am going to grade it a C plus because I just can't give it a B. I was too disappointed walking out <laughs> of that theater. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, if it has the name Oceans in the movie title, I'll go back and see it. And I just one thing that I was thinking about was I, I would really like to see if they keep going in this and if they do like an Oceans Nine or an Oceans Ten or something. I would like to see a mixed cast. Yeah, I would like to see a lot of members of the original, but then some of these members from Oceans Eight as well, or or all of them. I really think if you did that, that could be a lot of fun. So I'd like to see something like that happen in the future. Yeah, I think that's Linus is eleven. Yeah, I think that's that's probably their last last hope with this franchise. Probably is do that with the next one, bring back Clooney, bring back Brad Pitt, and then you got Sandra Bullock, and maybe bring back Julie Roberts and Mindy Kaling and Rihanna, right? And then if that doesn't work, then be like, all right, guys, that was good, and then you're done. You know, I think this maybe have has one last gasp. Uh, to reinvent itself, and that might be it. Well, we shall see. Um, we shall see. I'm sure. I'm sure. In two years, we'll be talking about it, another one. So we'll have that conversation then. But until now, uh, we will only discuss our patented weekly recommends. Oh yeah, weekly recommends. Let's start things off with our guest. Steven, would you like to recommend something to the MAM fam out there right now? The floor is yours, yes. sir. Uh, I would. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back a ways to pull my weekly recommend. And part of the reason for that is because, honestly, everything in pop culture that I discover nowadays is pretty much from y'all's weekly recommends. Nice. Um, so, <laughs> So I'm I'm sort of dependent on the uh, Mad About Movies podcast for my discovery. So what I'm going to recommend is a movie that I watched for the first time when I was, I don't know, probably four years old in 1986. But the uh, I watched it again with my four-year-old son uh, on Sunday afternoon, and he loved it. And I had a great time watching that movie again, and that was The Last Starfighter. Oh, nice. Or, so I said that wrong. It wasn't The Last Starfighter. It was The Flight of the Navigator. Even better. I, yeah. I also love The Last <laughs> Starfighter, but we watched The Flight of the Navigator. And uh, at the end of the movie, my son looked at me and goes, that movie was amazing, Dad. And is it amazing? Probably not. But it's a lot of fun. And if you want to hear Paul Rubens voice a spaceship, <laughs> then... Uh, you can't beat the flight of the navigator. So that's my weekly recommend. That's a throwback. Nice. That is the Brian. Throw out to Brian Gill special. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm looking up to see. I feel like it's been rumored. Yeah, recently. Lucifer, showrunner Joe Henderson is rebooting Flight of the Navigator. So, Oh, it's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like one that, I mean, I don't know about that guy's pedigree. Regardless, that, that seems like one that has that should have been remade by this point, just given how we remake everything. But, yeah, I loved Flight of the Navigator when I was, when I was younger, uh, for sure. If, the, if uh, they reboot it, do you... <laughs> Who do you think they get to voice the uh, the spaceship? Ooh, I hope it's Paul Rubens. Just go back to no. Um, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. Put me on the spot. I'm not. Um, I don't know. Do you have an idea? That's a that's a good that's a good that's a good opportunity to uh, show off your your voice work if you're uh, Bill, if you're Bill Hader. Field. Well, that's there we go. Best that's voice, fun. best ship voice ever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he I is like a. It. The voice of the ship in uh, Star Trek, I believe. I think Bill Hader was in. Um, what movie did we see a couple weeks ago that I heard his voice in? Uh, Solo. Yeah, I heard Bill Hader's voice in Solo as well. Um, in one of the like aliens, as one of the aliens. But yeah, I would like. That's my vote. That's who I would vote. You think Paul Rubens as Pee Wee though, no. right? You definitely can't cast Paul Rubens in a kids movie in two thousand. <laughs> Well, see, I think it would be cool to do Paul Rubens, but I have a feeling they would probably go with someone like Kevin Hart or something like that. But, okay, yeah, it's just really 2018 it up. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good recommend. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. I may need to bust that one out for the kiddo at some point. Absolutely, that is a good one. Um, so there was going to be one. This says that was going to be Colin Trevorrow. No, oh, that's right. Okay, I do happens. remember that. I do remember that. Yes. Okay. Well. Yeah. So we're moving up. So hopefully it still happens. <laughs> um. Okay. Good recommends. Good way to kick things off. Brian, what about you? I'm going to recommend a podcast that I've been binging the last couple of weeks. Uh, the World Cup begins this week, which is soccer for. Anyone who doesn't know what that is. Um, and the guy, one of the guys from Men and Blazers, uh, Roger Bennett, has been doing a podcast called American Fiasco, where he's gone back and kind of retraced the steps of what, uh, of the American team missing the World Cup in 1998, which is a big hot thing at the moment because the American team missed the Cup in 2018 as well. But he kind of went, he wanted to go back and look at something. Um, that in some ways kind of laid the groundwork for what led us to screw up this last couple of years. So uh, it's a really, really well done podcast. It's very um, this this American Life type NPR type of, uh, but with Roger Bennett, who's a great. If you don't know who Roger Bennett is, or you don't care about soccer. He's he has a great personality. He's so much fun and has like a, a great a, a great voice and really knows what he's talking about. Um, he's been a huge resource for uh those of us who have gotten into soccer over the last few years uh so anyway it's called it's called american fiasco i think it's 10 episodes they're real short they're only like 30 minute episodes most of them and uh it's it's incredibly well done great production value and and a really interesting story as well so check that yeah you're gonna do a uh you're gonna do a world cup uh preview (laughs) for the vips i think i'm oh i'm dying i think i may um, I'm getting choked up that we missed the cup, but 
Yeah. Uh, I think I may try to do that tomorrow or something real short. And then after... If you pick Brazil, after, I can probably get Gabe on. <laughs> you know, a little R-rated episode. Yeah, yeah. Right after the World Cup is over, I want to do... I've got an idea for some kind of uh, a round cup, round cup, round table discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we That'd made. be good. Hey, dude. I'll love, love to lend so. my thoughts. I'll, I'll, yeah, I will be the person that follows soccer from afar and, the, and follows the World Cup only at the World Cup. Because sure. that's I don't watch the Premier League uh, yeah. closely anymore or anything like that. So um, I'm excited about the World Cup, though. I really do enjoy yeah. it, and um, fun. and it's a it's a great culture, and I love I love it on the the world stage. Um, I'm going to speaking of the world, I'm going to recommend something on Netflix that uh, you know. Sad note: this past week, the passing of uh, Anthony Bourdain. And I want to recommend his show Parts Unknown. Um, uh, it is on Netflix, but it's a CNN show. I believe it's still on. They still, I know, they still air them on CNN. Just got extended uh, on Netflix today, by the way. Yeah, we're gonna was, take it off. It in was a week, set to yeah. go off. Yeah, what next week? And then they, since the event, uh, they they're they're keeping it on there. So you definitely have time. Um, I was a big fan of his show No No Reservations on Travel Channel. Um, I think CNN was very smart in in um, giving him parts unknown. Parts unknown is way more cinematic than No Reservations. No Reservations is way more of a travel channel show. You know, go around and here's the great food. Here's this place you should go. You know, Parts Unknown is way more into the culture of these pl- in the people and the scenery, and it's beautifully shot. It's just gorgeous. I was watching one about. Um, Greece the other day in the Greek islands and it was just fantastic photography and everything and it's way better than it should be for a show about food or you know a city so you know big loss in the in the culture of of uh, food criticism and travel and everything and and it's super interesting person and uh, definitely you know his work lives on in that stuff and it's just a, it's a great show if you've never seen it very interesting great binge and uh so yeah, so that's what my recommend is is parts unknown. But check out No Reservations too if you can find it. It's worth it's worth mm-hmm. checking out as well. I haven't read any of his books, but I've heard great things as well. So um, I'm sure Richard can vouch for for those. Maybe yeah, yeah. I just read uh, shoot. What's the big one? Uh, kitchen I read it a long time. declassified kitchen some kitchen yeah kitchen confidential kitchen right? confidential yeah yeah. I read that uh, uh, gosh, long ten years ago almost now. I think wow. Um, I'm old. Uh, great. He's a very, very. We've seen so many quotes of his, obviously, since his passing. Very eloquent uh, writer as well, and that that certainly translates uh, to his travel shows. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. really missed. Absolutely. Uh, what you recommend, though, Richard? Yeah, my recommend is a uh, is a book um, by uh, one of my favorite uh, journalists and writers, uh, Lawrence Larry Wright. He did uh, Going Clear, the, the uh, Scientology book. That they turned into the HBO series a couple years back. Uh, he did the Looming Tower, which is a Hulu series now, which is uh, based kind of the build up to, to Al Qaeda and the 9 11. Um, and he has a new book out called God Save Texas A Journey into the Soul of the Lone Star State. And he's a Texan, as mm. are we. And so it's a uh, it's just kind of a story about uh, you know modern living in Texas. What can be better? What what could be worse? And and uh, so on and so forth. In a very uh, 
very he's just a he's just a fabulous nonfiction writer. It's always good to read things about the place where you live that's not too like folksomy and <laughs> silly, and this certainly isn't. So I highly recommend it. Very good, very good, awesome. I've been that's on my list. I'm glad to get your uh, your endorsement on that. It's been one I've been looking forward to. Yeah, he's a great writer. Mm-hmm. Well, great talk tonight. Good conversation as always. Good catch up on movie news trailers. Steven, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for being a VIP. And we'll see you at the after party, man. And you know, after the party. Get it turned up. Yeah, it's going to be turned (laughs) up in the the VIP. So we'll see you there. Join us over there. Um, Next week, we are talking, uh, what is it, Incredibles 2? Yeah, Yeah, Incredibles Incredibles 2. 2. And then um, gearing up for Jurassic World 2 or something mm-hmm. i think that's yeah. what it uh the week after so yeah things are ramping up here in the summer good times thanks again for joining us and for your support and until next time we'll see you at the city goodbye goodbye hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salad and scrambled eggs and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegged but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs>